0: Inventive. Nice stick and move by Poirier. Oh, now got next win, again.
1: Man. This is fun. He really thought that he was going to get past me. He talked a lot of trash, like he was going to move forward. But I'm the fucking champ, man. This is what I do. I love this. Dustin Poirier, congrats on a big effort tonight. Nice knees to the body by Grasso. Great volume by Grasso.
2: Oh, I feel amazing. It was a very tough year, but I always keep my, my head up. Alexa Grasso, ladies and gentlemen!
0: Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a
3: fucking podcast. <laughs> that's dangerous. <laughs> Listen to me, we're at it.
0: Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I have already been talking. This is <laughs> hour two of our broadcast, and you're only hearing from this point forward because we're waiting for Ray Longo. Now, I, I've been saying lately, I've been, a lot of times I've been doing half a podcast. And the reason is because the scheduling of fighters is a lot of times very up and down. Guys are available two hours later, an hour earlier than this one. And I've been doing stuff for Sirius uh, in the afternoon. I've had a crazy uh, record schedule for my, my main gig at Sirius XM. So I will be on with Matt to talk uh, to Alexa Grasso. Um, and uh, of course, Dustin Poirier is going to be on with just Ray and, uh, and uh, Matt a little later. And me. And Eugene Behrman, of course, I'll be here for as well. Um, but yeah. that's why I'm disappearing. I don't want people to think that there's anything weird going on. There's not. What do you mean? They're trying to phase you out, you're trying to think? You no, know, no. It's just because my my <laughs> availability. Uh, Jimmy, I'll, you know what's
3: funny about that? I like that you we point out that the fucking thing's spread out sometimes yeah. throughout the day. And we also point out that I have no life. So I have just... All I have is this show.
0: Matt, I'm usually available. If it wasn't for my XM. <laughs> Like I said, I interviewed my favorite person on Earth last week. That's why I was It's little wow. stuff for, for serious, so that's all it oh, is. Oh.
3: I, like I don't way, think it's like, going. Wait, hold on. Here. I like the way you threw that in there. But first of all, you know, if you want to truly be honest, you talk to your favorite person every week, twice a week. I know. I know. I don't want to say it. I, I don't want to embarrass if you. If you were next to me, even though it's you shouldn't be touching each other, I'd pop you on the nose. And go, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, And
0: idiot. by the way, poor Ray. Ray Longo, uh, I guess, oh, got a oh, new shit. computer, and we were watching Ray try to sign in before. Yeah. But the lighting—he was backlit, and it looked like when a <laughs> mafia when a mafia turncoat is interviewed on the news. Oh, that lighting they have, where they're all black and there's just light behind them, so you can't did make you, out who they are. Did you see Longo's hair? I didn't notice. I just no, saw. No, so you'll mad.
3: notice when he comes back. No, he looked like he was calling from heaven or something, dude. He looked like he was dead. <laughs> I told you, he looked. It was like a glow, and you just saw this like hair and Longo. It's. Uh, I'll tell you, Longo's Longo's been training though. You know. Yeah.
0: He, by the way, he's. Uh, I have to say before we even get to our. We we have Alexa calling in very shortly. We should say we were both correct. Um, oh. uh, over Magni um, and, uh, and, and Rakic over uh, Smith, Magni over Lawler by decision. What a weird night of fights. Four uh, submissions. Beautiful. Six decisions, right? Beautiful. Yeah. I was going to bring that up about uh,
3: who's it? Ma- Mallory Martin, correct? She yes. So she was so emotional and
0: that fight. Jimmy, did you see that? For the first prelim? It was amazing. I did. And Hannah Cypher's had a great first round. She knocked her down and she, she a knocked great her down round.
3: with a beautiful overhand right. Um, and I'll tell you, good job by the referee for not, for not stepping. Well, he was a step yeah. away. He was literally about, and I watched him when I watched it again. And he was about to step in at any moment because she was a, a, a shot away from being finished. Yeah. So the perseverance and it show, you know, beautiful work with the uh, the corner work. Okay. Yeah. Because I like what she she survived that first round, and in between rounds, you know, what's great? I ask, uh, I ask a producer to get the fucking the co- the corner guy. You know, and he goes up. He wrote back. Well, it looks like she's at Team Elevation. Well, I want to give the guy props for talking to him. But anyway, listen, good job, Sherlock Holmes, motherfucker. <laughs> I like that. Sometimes I like that the producers Out of fun, you know?
0: But yeah. anyway. Fun for you. It's not fun the, for the
3: corner. They're it's fair. not fun for them. But they, <laughs> no, they, they like it. They like it. It's like a stick. But uh, anyway, uh, they did a great job in between rounds of telling her, look, don't trade with her. Get her, to the, get her up against right. the cage and get her to the floor. She did exactly that. And look how beautiful the, uh, yeah. the back take was Yeah, you know, uh, to the rear naked choke. Um, oh, shit. Oh, now Longo is sideways. And now he's... It, that he angle's got... He's in
0: a submarine. A, a submarine. Angle, nothing
3: for you. And even... That's better. There you go.
4: Yeah, oh, but right. fuck
3: everybody.
0: What is that weird thing hanging? What, what is that uh, yellow thing, buddy? Oh, my God. Oh, it's a lamp. Oh,
3: Velma. She's such a sweet. Jimmy, want to yes, meet sir. Velma, Longo's wife? Velma, say hello to Jimmy Norton.
4: Wait, Velma, you could, they can hear you because I got a big microphone set up.
0: Come tell here.
3: Tell her. Oh, listen, that's Wait, well, Come here.
4: Tell
1: her. She might
0: not want to be on there, but tell her. not want to be so on camera. Long. I don't blame her. I wouldn't either. Nah, no.
1: she's, nah
0: she doesn't know what the hell she's doing.
1: I okay, tell you,
4: you coming over or no? Matt wants to make funny in front of the world. That is not true. He's trying to say hello. He's a bully. I to have hometown,
0: and
1: uh, I don't know. whatever. I oh, Ray, you listen there, bad.
0: Ray. You look thinner.
4: Ah, uh, Jimmy, <laughs> let me tell you something Always a nice word. I'm like, unlike you your, <laughs> your little fat friend You always have a nice <laughs> word to say. You you got know, jimmy. Jimmy, that's what I love about you, jimmy Let me tell you something You build people up. He tries to knock them back. Listen, <laughs> Listen to me,
3: but isn't he? Isn't he glow? You gotta change Jim, okay, the angle, no? Jimmy,
4: Jimmy, if you ever need anything, I'm your man. Trust me.
3: Thank you, Ray. Congrats, Alexa. Great, great fight the other night. Beautiful.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. I like. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs>
0: Before you fought Kim, you mentioned because it is interesting when you watch her fight that her, her expression really doesn't change. Like it's very, very hard to read her. Uh, at least from her expression. And you said you wanted to see how that was in the fight. Did that throw you at all when you were fighting her uh, to see no expression change or did that have no effect on you whatsoever?
2: Uh, Of course, it's... um, I hit her very hard, but she was no emotion. Um, But my coach also told me, hey, relax. You're gonna... This is gonna happen.
3: Was it discouraging when you landed such beautiful shots on her over and over? And like you said, her face wasn't changing. Was it... It wasn't discouraged. How, how your coach is what he kept you focused with that as far as not getting discouraged, knowing that she was taking those shots.
2: Yeah. Well, she's a very um tough opponent. I've seen all her fights. Even she had fought with a 135 girl and nothing happened to her. So I knew this was going to happen, but I did my best. I really um did my best shots on her.
3: It's like fighting the Terminator. No, yeah. like she keeps coming. <laughs> And you're hitting her, and she looked bigger. She looked pretty big in there compared to you.
2: Yeah, she's so long. Her arms are so long. I was trying to do um like larger combos, but even like she she caught me in the third or the fourth, just like doing this, and oh my god, but I that's why I had to do more intelligent fight, you know, two, three punches um the most. But yeah, it was it was very good. I felt very good.
0: Does the temptation if somebody's expression like is literally in you Stoic. Does the temptation to overthrow punches uh, and to think that hey, my I'm I'm not landing hard enough shots and to overthrow is that what your corner was trying to keep you from doing? Overthrowing and and uh, and pressing too hard because you felt like you weren't affecting her because of the lack of expression change.
2: Um, like I said, this is something we knew that as that is going to happen. But I know that I hurted her. I see, I saw her eye, I saw her nose, and 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 in the in the first round, but in the second and the third, every time I I touched her, I could see that she was a little hurted. So I knew that it was that it was going good. Was there
3: ever a a plan B? Because you have a very good ground game. I like your jujitsu a lot. So was there ever a you outstruck her? But. If let's say it wasn't going your way, standing was there ever a plan B? Right of uh, trying to utilize the grappling or no? Yeah,
2: of course, of course. I tried to do it in the second round, but she got me in a in a guillotine. So I said, okay, no, no, I'm gonna change. <laughs> so um, yeah, of course, of course, I wanted to show. Like I said, also every time I step in the cage, I want to show everyone that I'm evolving, that I'm a better athlete. In the last five, do so saw my jiu-jitsu game, and this one I tried to do my takedowns because. Um, I know that wrestling is something I've been working so hard, so yeah, that, that's why I tried in the second, but it didn't work, and in the third round, I was able to achieve it.
3: How is everything, because we talked to people in Brazil, and how is it in Mexico with the training and everything, with the whole COVID situation?
2: <laughs> well, it was crazy time. You know, this fight is very important for me also, because I don't know if you know, but... I think um, my teammate Irene had to cancel her fight because of COVID and I had it too. So oh. it was very hard for me, you know, I didn't want to quit on this fight. I was very sick. I had two weeks or almost three of not training like I should. I lose um, a lot of muscle because, you know, this sick this um, virus is very, very tough. We We felt very bad, but I always... Um, I had always in my mind like don't quit, don't quit. You can heal. You can heal. You're young. You're healthy. Do your best. And even sick, you know, I was training, and then I felt so bad. I took medication, sleep, and I was all the time doing my best. So, the COVID situation in Mexico is crazy.
3: <laughs> was it hard to breathe? Like, was it was it that bad for you? Were you was it like were you considering going to the hospital or?
2: No, not, not to go to the hospital, but honestly, it was tough. There was two weeks there that I was feeling like, oh, my God, no, I don't know how, how I'm going to do this, but I didn't want to, to say, no, I don't want to fight. No, I said, okay, no, no. Uh, the doctor said, I'm young, I'm healthy, so I will recover properly, and I was doing a lot of exercise after the, the virus, you know, a lot of resistance with my lungs, um, a lot of cardio, so I, I did good.
0: Did you lose your, te- your sense of taste and smell? They say that. How- oh, you did.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy because we were training and you know that sometimes when you're in a closed place and the globes and everything, you can smell like this a G in place, but <laughs> nothing not and it was awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a plus. Yeah, that was good.
0: <laughs> so how did you find out you just started feeling poorly or did you, did you get tested first um, or did you start feeling bad?
2: Well, since my teammate Irene told us, like, hey, guys, I'm positive. We were like, oh, my God, no. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. So I had to go to the lab and I did a test and I had to wait two days, you know, like, oh, you have to wait two days until they give you the results. And then I was positive. I was honestly, I was very sad. But like I said, like, OK, head up, do what you can, stay focused. <laughs>
0: Were you scared, like, in the sense that you just didn't want to lose the fight? Or were you actually scared that you wouldn't recover from it? Or was it just the idea of rescheduling the fight that bothered you?
2: The three of them. Huh. I was all of that, you know. First, my health, because I know that um, people had suffered very bad um, moments because being sick with this. And, of course, I was scared of me, of my lungs, my brain, all, all my body, because I told you, um, you You don't. You have no um, hungry. You're not hungry at all, so you have to eat. But it's, it's very weird. Also, I didn't want it to reschedule the fight again because it's been crazy for both of us. You know, she had problems with the visa. I had problems with the visa too. It we was reschedule. I was sick, and I didn't want it to, to lose the fight again.
0: What was the visa problem? Was, it, was the visa problem because the embassies are closed?
2: Yes, the embassies are yeah. closed. I, I mean, it, it was crazy because I had my appointment at August 3rd. And that was also crazy, too, because I had to travel to Tijuana, another, another city of Mexico, in, in the middle of the week. So I had my, my appointment on August 3rd. And then I got an email, like, hey, it's been canceled. And I was, what? Why? And I told the UFC they rescheduled um, an appointment, but it was November, 10, November nineteen. I was like, no, I can't wait till November. And she said, well, the only option is that you come to Tijuana. And I was like, oh, my God, another day of training, of losing another training day. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And I traveled in the morning. I did my appointment. And then that night, I came back to Guadalajara.
3: When were you sick? When did you have the covid before your fight, how far in before?
2: Um, I had it in August 13, two weeks. August wow. 13 started, and then two weeks, and I had like three, four recovery training again.
0: And uh, Ray, what did you want to ask? No,
4: I, said, I think it's important for the people to understand that the uh, sacrifices that these fighters are making now and nothing's normal. So, I mean, this, this is a girl that's a natural fighter because what she went through... And to have a performance like that, I think is just outstanding. And I don't think anybody realized, I think the world thinks, you know, everything's normal. They're getting their training camps in. But when you hear these stories, I think it's fascinating the way these people are performing. Cause I know even with our guys, you know, we had to cut camps a little bit that this is crazy, but her story is to have this disease and to perform like that. I mean, you know, cause you know, Jimmy, uh, when you get it, even if, you wake up and you have a headache. Everybody's like, I got it. You know, it's a, yeah. it, it, you know, it's a mind fuck also. So for her to be able to power through that, I think is phenomenal.
0: I agree. And also to do your embassy appointment, like people don't think of that too. the embassies. You have to go do an embassy appointment and then come back. And like you said, lose a day of training. Yeah. That you're raised right. That was incredible.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to say anything on social media and that because I wanted to keep, you know, that everything for myself and just like, okay breathe 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 you can do it you can do it you can do it <laughs> yeah. how,
3: did, how did your lungs feel how did your lungs feel during the fight and now are they are you 100 percent? i mean how do you feel
2: um i think i'm okay you know i think i i i could be able to perform better if i was not um without those two important very important weeks of my fight camp But fortunately, I have a great team with me, my coaches, everyone was supporting me. The doctors also were helping me so much and giving me all the instructions, what to eat, um, what to do, exercise for, you know, the breathing, everything. So I feel blessed, you know, to have everybody in Mexico supporting me. And thank God everything came um, on my way and I was able to perform this, this, this good. I know that I could have done better, but... Um, I feel very proud because everything I, happened
0: to me. <laughs> no, you look great. It was, it, you, it, the import, the uh, performance was, was great. Your striking was incredible. And uh, how did you find the experience of actually going and doing this with no crowd? I mean, because every fighter goes through that. I think this, you haven't fought since November of 19, correct? So this is your first time without a crowd. How was it for you?
2: Oh, well, this is a very, very unique experience. Of course, I miss a lot of the crowd. Of course, I miss um, the people cheering your name and, you know, screaming and that. But um, thinking in just like the athlete way, it's like, it's good. I liked it very much also because it's very quiet. You can hear completely your corner. You can hear when the 10 seconds left, so. Um, it's very different. I hope that the world can come back normal again and we have the crowd, but this experience was amazing.
0: Yeah, it'll come back, and but it, this will be one of those things. We'll all look back at photos of ourselves wearing masks and doing all this weird stuff, and it'll be kind of like a, a point in history that we're just happy is over. This I'll be very happy when this is over.
2: Yeah, me too. It's very weird with the mask all the time but I think it's for all of us to be healthy and I hope the world can understand that we need each other to to work together and you know even the world needed some calm.
0: <laughs> well it's nice to hear you say too because a lot of people were saying well it's not that bad or people are making it up but you as an athlete have dealt with it and you're saying that there was a couple of really bad weeks so that definitely makes me not want to get it.
2: Yes yeah, so I only hope that everybody could be safe Uh, be healthy this is the most important thing if you are healthy you can you can recover properly but it's very very important that every human in the world even if you're not athlete to take care of yourself because if you're not healthy, you're gonna have really, really bad issues with with the sickness.
0: Did you did people in your immediate family? I don't know if you're if you're married, but people you live with, did they also get sick or because some people get sick and then their spouse doesn't get sick? Was everybody around you affected?
2: Well, it's crazy because I live with my mom and she she's like. Not all, but she has lung problems. And since my uh, my teammate Irene told me that, like, hey, I have it, I was like, oh my god, no! I have to do something. And I said, mom, you have to wear the mask. And I was, you know, putting um, how do you say, antibacterial? and spray, yeah.
0: sanitizer, yeah.
2: I was only like, like stay in your room. I'm gonna stay in my room because I don't know what what is this. And let me see. And 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 I had a lot of pre- of. Um, warnings to her like hey be safe stay in your room I'm gonna stay so uh, fortunately she was not sick and I had to take her for to an Airbnb because I was so stressed in my home like it was crazy so I said mom um, I think the best option is that you have to go to an Airbnb and I'm gonna stay here at home to be healthy and without stress about not um, sick you too but no my mom is good thank god
0: Okay, that's good. It, it is funny too. Now the the daughter is going. You know, mom, get in your room. Which you. Do <laughs> like, mom, don't
2: get out, please don't get out.
3: <laughs> that's the right. thing That's the right thing to do, though. That's nice. I do. I never had COVID, but when I'm around Longo, I spray him down a lot. I worry about Longo. I got. I spray him <laughs> down, and I make sure he's dripping with like, you know, like like all like uh, liquid sanitary
4: crap. Uh, I'm, I'm sure her mother's about 15 years younger than me, too.
2: <laughs> and it's, it's, it feels bad. Honestly, it feels bad. But if you are healthy, I'm, I'm sure you're going to recover. Even, even at some point, all the world is going to have it. But just be safe, be careful. Most important, like I said, please be healthy.
3: That's the, That's
0: beautiful. True. Well, yeah, Alexa, thank you so much. It was really great talking to you. And uh, what, a, what a great performance. And uh, obviously, I'm sure we'll be seeing you again soon. And we're glad that you're okay and that you were able to navigate all that stuff and, and get it done before the fight. So congratulations. Great, great night for you. Oh,
2: thank you so much for the, inv- the invitation. i feel honored to be here with all of you here. And this is a very important podcast, I know. And thank you. I hope that the next fight is going to be better than this. I, I promise. <laughs> oh,
0: you're awesome. We'll talk to you again soon, great okay? Fight.
5: Hi, thank you. Right. Take care everyone. Yeah, What's up, Eugene? What's up, yeah, buddy? No, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. I'm good. It's nice and early over here, so I'm I'm fresh. Oh what what yeah, what time is it? We are just coming up to five AM. Oh, oh nice wow. <laughs> oh, wake waking this...
3: up to longo. Is
5: this, you, is this a normal you, wake up time? You're... <laughs> yeah. my, my alarms um see that 4 30 a.m so that's when i get up and that's to get and and i start my kind of like i like to get in the gym by 5 30 a.m
3: man that's is amazing that, that that's when yeah. longo goes to bed usually he's
5: a fucking vampire <laughs> no Look wonder
4: no wonder i'm not the trainer of the year i'm getting this is <laughs> early
3: for me and it's one o'clock yeah. I,
5: can i just ask what time do you go to bed at night because this is kind of fascinating to me uh probably between 10 p.m and 11 so oh, wow. All right. yeah. Now, when
0: you get up do you do you like to have some time by yourself or do you immediately is there somebody you're training early or, or you just like to get there and, and kind of have your own space for a little while
5: on some on some mornings i take some classes here which i quite enjoy i've always gotten up early in my whole life so i can't sleep in any longer than early, early,
2: per-
5: six six yeah, early
3: are you a napper
5: <laughs>
3: do you take naps
5: <laughs> Oh, really? Nah, not much of a napper either. So I'm just, yeah, I mean, your body, after years and years of doing this, you milking
4: are... cookies before bed. Does that help you? <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> you about,
0: what's, what's wrong you with talk us? What are you talking about? We're at
5: the middleweight champion in
0: his gym, and we're asking him, Did you ever take a Sominix? We really are. Well, <laughs> <laughs> listen, this is the thing, Eugene. Yeah,
3: we, Eugene, we, we this is for me and Longo, because as trainers. You are doing something right, yeah. my man. That's why we want to know your whole damn routine. It's really
4: just <laughs> personal for me. Long it's not me a a it's Eugene, wait, let me just tell you something, Eugene. <laughs> when, I was, when I was training, Matt, our sessions would start at 11 p.m. I'm not even joking. We would start training at 11 o'clock at night. I mean, yeah. so do, we were backwards completely.
3: Hey, hey, Eugene, and then at the 7-Eleven on the way home, I see Long, sometimes I'll catch him getting like fucking yodels and and like a small coffee at 1 a.m. I go, Long, what the fuck? Uh Anyway, Eugene, things are different over here. I don't know. (laughs) No wonder why we're not, you know, we're not city kickboxing. You guys are killing it, man.
5: You guys are a different breed over there on that um that far east coast side. It's uh, yeah, you, you couldn't get further away from New Zealand than than where you guys are. So
0: we have uh, obviously you have uh, Adesanya against Paulo Costa, and there's there's like some real bad blood between those guys. And what exactly started that?
5: <laughs> that is not a good question for me. I don't try not to keep up with all of that stuff. So uh, what what actually started? You know, what, what, what probably started it is probably Israel, I'll be honest. <laughs> he probably started it, but he, you know, the, every fighter motivates himself differently. And for whatever reason, um, Israel saw this guy as um, someone that represents something more than just an opponent, represents um, something he struggled with his whole life. And uh, a lot of people know that um, Israel went through some bullying um, when he was very young, and for whatever reason, I think Israel's connected Holocaust to, to that image um, whatever it takes to motivate him, whatever it takes to get him up in the morning and get him up for this fight, um, as long as it's not detrimental to the to the to the fight result i I, I don't mind.
0: You think Israel's power is underrated because he people like know how what a great finesse fighter he is and how beautiful his striking is and how well he moves, but then he, he drops Brunson, he drops Whitaker. Like, I don't think people give him the credit for the power that he has.
5: Yeah, 100%. I was actually talking to one of his main sparring partners, uh, just yesterday, actually, who was like who, who just basically attests to that same thing. that Israel it's very hard when he wants to. He's not a guy that spends a lot of time sitting down in one place and, and sitting on his punches and trying to load up. But um, his sparring partner can definitely attest that. If he hits you, 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 know, you have to respect it.
3: I, I love that he always talks about like, people have an idea of a fighter looking like Costa and he's going to prove them wrong. Like, in other words, I'm, he's the skinnier guy. But he's you know he's talking about precision. You don't have to be this guy that's built like a like a he man. You know I like what he talks about. That
5: we we come from a country where it's a very like a macho country. We have a whole lot of, of I, I, I don't you you guys probably know about rugby and and it's yeah. a real real man sport and it has a, um, certain things that are attached to it like a lot of big guys. <clears throat> um, and Israel was never that. Israel yeah. was never that. He struggled. He struggled in that respect. Um, and 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 he needed to find his place because it wasn't in, in a sport like that where you have to be hundred and twenty kilos of muscle. Yeah. And so he struggled until he found this sport, and then he kind of found his he found his niche. So yeah, he had, he identified with that.
3: How long were you working with
5: uh, Israel? That's a good question. These questions always must be a me. long time, then <laughs> probably close to a decade. Oh, really? Oh, okay, yeah. And now, a city, yeah.
3: A city is your place city kickboxing, or do you work?
5: Do you, I have one business partner who's uh, uh, okay. uh my, my good friend here.
3: If how long have you guys been having running that academy there? It feels like you guys came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden you're just sprouting out champions left and right, like you know what I mean? Like Mongo, I don't, yeah. I don't <laughs> out of nowhere
5: and taking over the world How oh do-
4: no no that killed crushing it
5: ah uh, shit that's a good question I would say started? I think uh, this is our this is our 12th year I think oh, wow uh, the, that, G- that,
4: that's really good man that's not a long period of time that's great
5: yeah so so 12 so twelve twelve years at it so yeah not too not new to the game like so to speak but not like re- not really old haven't been around obviously for as long as you guys and stuff so
4: yeah, that's
3: great. And, and your personal background with, with uh, martial arts, when did you start training, Eugene?
5: I had my first fight in uh Muay Thai fight. I started, that's a sport I started with in
3: 1999.
5: Okay. What? That's a while ago now. 20, <laughs> 20, 21 years or something? Yeah, 21 years ago. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: You also can't forget uh, 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 Volkanovsky um, uh, as the, uh, the featherweight champion and, and Dan Hooker. Who has? Uh, I mean, I uh, Poirier won that fight, but it, he still has looked incredible in every fight. Um, what, what is, uh, what is on the horizon? Any uh, possible opponents for Volkanovsky?
5: I think he likes um, Korean Zombie. He likes Korean Zombie. He's been going. He, he's telling me. Um, he's telling me before that I've been interacting on uh, social media and stuff, and I think. Uh Korean Zombie just has to put a couple of wins in the right direction to lead him out of Volkanovsky. But yeah, nothing like nothing on the horizon for him. He's just um he's just enjoying the fruits of his um pay-per-view, I think.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, just en- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. enjoying the money, of course. Um and you seem like a very uh a very kind of Zen uh even keeled person. I-, I guess did that kind of give your fighters some kind of a a comfort, your, your, your way. Um, I imagine that's a a relatively calming and reassuring presence.
5: I think, I think it's just my style. And I think, um, I think with some of these young guys and the young guys that walk into the gym now, like uh, there's so much coming at them. And I just, the, the world is chaos. Even outside of all this COVID stuff, the world is chaos for them in terms of what, influences and what comes into their life and all the ways it can come into their life. Um, and I, yeah, that's just, it just works for us. Like it works for me to be the way I am and it works for the world and everything that influences them to be the way they are. I think they, I think that that dynamic just works for us. Yeah.
0: And what do you like when you, you have two champions, do you, is there something that will differentiate a fighter besides just the win? Uh, do you look at a guy and go, this guy has what I think is required to be a champion. Uh, cause there's a lot of good fighters that don't win that big fight. There's a lot of good fighters that get to that point and just don't win it. Is, is there something that you notice that's consistent with these guys, uh, besides just getting that one win?
5: Yeah. I mean, I, am a real, I'm a massive uh, advocate of just showing up and showing up and showing up and to have like the metal to do that, uh, win loss or draw, however your career is going to have, uh, have faith in the system and say look this isn't something that you can do in an eight-week training camp but if you if you come here and and dedicate yourself for uh you know a long period of time three four five years um we can start to show results but not honestly like not that as surprising as it sounds not a lot of guys can do that not a lot can not a lot of guys can make that commitment that the Israels or the Dan Hookers or the Kikara Francis do where they just come every single day uh, for years.
0: And you look at a guy like, I, I guess one of your jobs is to, to to look at fighters and find things that they don't do as well or or things that your guys can exploit. When you look at a guy like Costa, now obviously you're not going to give away your game plan, but when you look at a guy like Paulo Costa, what do you see in him that's a weakness? I mean, uh, he's very, he can take a, a shot. I mean, you see him in, in Romero um, that was a brutal fight. Everybody knows how strong he is and how accurate he is. When you look at a guy like that, what do you see as a weakness?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think most coaches are on the fence, whether that's a quality that, um, you know, taking a shot is a quality that you can, like, bring to the forefront of all your best qualities. Like, is that, um, if you if you can take a shot, it probably means you've been hit a lot, because you <laughs> cause you, you have to prove that you can take a shot, so probably means you've been hit a lot but i mean yeah i mean that fight's pretty poignant so i'm not going to give away too much sure sure we we as per as per every opponent like there's so many things you can pick there's so, so many weaknesses you can pick but you the part that people forget is the part where you're analyzing whether your athlete can take advantage of some of those things and it's about picking the things that your particular athlete can take advantage of the most because they're not all equal you can't just pick weaknesses and go oh we can do that we can do that we can do that you have to take the two athletes and what our athlete is capable of and take those weaknesses and match them together and then you have to go from there so um, we've obviously found a few that that we think uh, uh, you know like at the top of our list and then we just work our way down the list so
3: I like that Israel said that he's dealt with guys with Paulo's uh, style, like coming, forward, brooding, trying to hurt him. He's dealt with that before, even if not in MMA and kickboxing and whatnot. He's dealt with that before, so when guys come forward, he knows how to hurt them. Uh, so I, you know, I, I feel that he's fought, he's faced more guys with a similar style, whether it's kickboxing or or MMA, than. Than Costa did facing a guy like Israel because there's not many guys like Israel.
5: Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, uh, Paulo Costa he does do a few things that are off the cuff, but a lot of what he does is real meat and potato stuff. Um, Israel does the same, but he adds a little bit more. Um, he probably adds a little bit more flair, a little bit more razzle dazzle on, the, um, you know, to round off his techniques. Yeah. But that game plan, in kickboxing is a very uh, a typical one, you know, uh, yeah. where coaches get behind their guy and say, look, if you're the guy that can come forward and put a lot of pressure and control the center of the ring, then it's going to take you very close to a victory. So you're dealing with that all the time. Yeah. You're dealing with that, you're dealing with that kind that of pressure. So um, what Israel's saying is that that particular type of game plan where you're just coming forward, he's dealt with, I mean, he's had 100 kickboxing fights. That gets so yeah. that experience gets so underrated Not in MMA. Crucial, like that's um, that's essentially at most of the time that's three or four times the experience of most of his opponents that have been doing this, that have been doing it in the UFC for many, many more years than him. So um, people forget about that. I think.
0: And when you guys are, and all three of you obviously have experience in this, I guess it's, is there any better feeling, I guess, than when you're watching a fighter that your guy is going to fight and you see something? It's like, you remember when, when Cormier Jones, uh, when they, when Jones said that Cormier had dipped to one side and he, he remembered that he caught that uh, as a pattern that Cormier kind of fell into and he wound up exploiting it and kicking him and and, and ending the fight. Is there any better feeling than finding that in a fighter that your guy is going to face? some type of a little weakness that you think your guy can exploit and bringing it to him.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. But the real, and the guys can attest to this, the real satisfaction, the thing that really makes you happy is when you put a plan into place or a particular technique and it comes off. Oh, There's no better feeling than that.
4: Yeah, There's no better feeling than that. It's like the, uh,
3: it's like the line from the A Team <clears throat> with Hannibal. He loves it when a plan comes together. Long- yeah. I wish you could boo me right now, Jimmy. No, Ladies I love bro, it. Hannibal did say, "Who watches the A Team?" Am I? Am I dating myself? <laughs> that movie was underrated,
4: by the way.
5: <laughs> Rampage. I was like, like, you guys. I don't know if you guys watched Dillian White and Pavodkin the other night. Like, um, that was a plan that was operated to perfection. We went to the body early, early, early. He had to choose, if if he went to that money shot too early, it would have given it away. But he went to it at the right time, he was patient. And um, that was a plan that just operated to perfection. It was like, that's the kind of satisfaction that um, we can all attest to. It just makes you feel like it's all worthwhile. Well, uh,
0: congratulations on the success. I mean, this Adesanya uh, Costa fight is—I is, I can't remember the last time I looked forward to a fight this <laughs> much. What an incredible uh, title fight this is! So, congratulations on the success too. Yes. Um, yeah. incredible job you guys are doing over there, and it's—it's it's certainly not luck. I mean, you've—you've you've got uh, two champions and another guy who could easily be champion in, in, in a year or so, in Dan Hooker. So, congratulations.
5: No, thank you, and thank—I th- mean, thanks for you guys. Thanks for you guys for doing what you do. I mean, um. Yeah, uh, uh you guys have done a lot more than I have in the sport. So um to look up to you guys and see what you guys have done and steal little bits from um both you guys is uh be, it's been a pleasure stealing off you what I can <laughs> <back there. laughs> yeah, yeah. well, Really that, really that, nice to meet you,
3: Eugene. Man. Eugene,
4: that's about the best compliment anybody could have. But uh you're on top <laughs> of the world, buddies I've continued success. Yes. And we hope we never have to fight any of you guys because we're not doing <laughs> too good.
5: We're, we're, not,
4: we're not having too much success, so.
5: <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Continue
4: well. success, buddy. You got a great day. care, Eugene. I mean, Jimmy, the A-team. The 18. A- a- I mean, don't like
3: the, first of all, that was an underrated movie. I feel bad for Rampage Jackson with that. Because yeah. if I was Rampage, I'd be like, man, I'm the next biggest fucking thing out there. Because that movie was, was a good movie. I don't give a shit. I thought I thought Liam Neeson was great as as uh Hannibal the the leader. I thought the guy's face was Brad not Brad Pitt. Who the fuck is it?
0: Not Brad Pitt. Brad.
3: No. Brad who
0: Pickett?
3: Was, no motherfucker. Brad Pitt. <laughs> What's his
4: name? The guy
3: who was the guy who was it's the guy from a hangover. Brad oh. Cooper. Brad Cooper? Brad Bradley Galifianakis. Thank you. Kenji uh. Um, Stop it, Jimmy. Right. But be uh, ha- If anybody wants to go back and find that movie, it was a good movie. It wasn't like one of the low-budget shits that Longo does, but it was a good <laughs> fucking movie, and uh, it should have been. Jimmy, you, you know Longo was on
0: Kevin Can't Wait? I did not know that. Yeah,
4: he, he, he did he know, a, he I'll send you the clip, right, Jimmy? Give me your email. I'll send you the clip right after this. No, seriously. Oh no, he
0: has it ready to send.
3: It. <laughs> you might actually—it
4: it, might actually be in your inbox right now.
3: <laughs> oh, it's great! It's great. Where Kevin? Kevin takes Harry Connick, Connick Jr. What's it get? Like? Any Connick? Yeah. Harry Connick
0: Jr. What is it, Henry? <laughs> yes, Henry Connick Jr. <laughs> Harry Connick Jr.
3: Harry Connick, Connick, what's his name? Yes,
0: Harry Connick Connick Connick. Jr.
3: Thank you, (laughs) Harry Connick Jr. And they had him at a restaurant, and Longo's behind them, and and Kevin's asking if he liked the lasagna. So then, what does Longo say after he he says he does like the lasagna? So all of a sudden, they pan to the whole room. There's a lot of people behind (laughs) them, and it's Longo.
4: And what does Longo say? Ready? Harry Connick likes the freaking lasagna.
3: That's what he says. You hear him, Jimmy?
0: Yeah. That Harry. Uh, All right, let's, let's get on to some fights now. I would love to ask both of you guys what you thought of the, uh, and again, Anthony Smith is so tough. Uh, Rakic uh, really, I think, hurt him with some of those leg kicks. Were you guys surprised? I was surprised that he stayed on the floor. Now, again, I know Anthony Smith was kind of keeping him there. But there were times where I thought Rakic stayed on the ground longer than he had to, and I was surprised that he didn't push the striking. Did you guys feel that way or no?
4: I mean, I I personally did. I mean, I thought he was doing great with the striking. He probably could have ended that fight with a couple more calf kicks and just the size difference in those guys. I mean, you could see that, uh, you know, the other guy was just his bone structure. You know, like it looked like now Anthony Smith, you know, he did fight at 85. Now you see the difference when you come up against the naturally – big bone guy but I think uh I think Anthony Smith was a big name you know he fought for the title yeah and that this guy wanted that on his record he played it a little safe I thought I thought he should have stood up a couple of times when he had him hurt but he didn't but I think he just looked we wanted to get the W because I think that's what he was looking at a big name on his resume that that was my feeling I don't know what you felt Matt
3: yeah I felt the same thing I felt that if it was us in the corner, like like I felt like we would have pushed for him, oh. to have him stand up. Like oh, that. we would have been because we he was
4: screaming for him to stand. A hundred
3: percent, because it's possible with the leg kicks and whatever else he was thrown. I mean, he could have ended
4: it possibly. You know, yeah, without a doubt.
3: I think he was showing he looks fearless, pretty much. He he wanted to show that look, man. He's not gonna he he. The one trick pony thing might have been a a comment that, that he brought. You know, it's, it's it's a comment that he brought up to us about Anthony Smith mentioned and Ah, how much that he's been working on his grappling and it's, it's right on par now, but he didn't enjoy doing it, but now he's, it's on par with his striking. So he might've wanted to try to prove a point down there. And because he was up there. He was on top of him, you know, pretty nonchalantly. Like he wasn't in there, like worried. He was beating him up down there, like throwing pretty much caution to not caution. He was, he was dominating him. He wasn't trying to totally like finish him. He was, content on just dominating him and landing the strikes. But I think he also wanted to show that he could just hang down there. But, you know. But
4: I, but, but I do I do think it was a conservative top game. Yeah. You know, not not crazy conservative, but like you said, he was trying to make it look like he didn't yeah. care. But I, I thought the only time he was close to in trouble was maybe on the floor when, they, when the other guy threw up a couple of submissions maybe or whatever. But I just thought it was a weird – it just he was so dominant standing up. That's what I didn't get about it. Wasn't
0: he against the fence, Smith? He was trying to throw up something, but he was against he was against the yeah. fence, and he could yeah he, he It was smart to, to keep against the uh, against the case like that. But yeah, I, I thought it was I, maybe you guys are both right. Maybe he was being a little conservative, and he he dropped a few elbows, but maybe he did just want to prove a point on top, and also he wanted to win. I,
4: I think yeah both- yeah. I just, if you listen to his interview afterwards, he was stressing that the guy fought for the title, and that's how he was making his case to get up there. So that's why. I kind of leaned in the other direction, but who knows?
3: The first four fights in a row, I was having a jujitsu fucking yeah, amazing. I was loving it, man, loving it.
0: Caceres looked great against uh, Austin Springer.
3: Oh, uh, I, I mean, oh, listen, I want to get Mallory Martin on, and yeah, I thought she was great. And what about uh Sean Pollyanna viana oh, okay. Pollyanna viana <laughs> say it, Longo. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. She's on the Amazon and she likes the fish. And she's a badass.
4: <laughs> she, she likes, likes the, the fish. She, <laughs> it's like
3: Longo. That was that was one she she came out like on a mission, you know? And Emily Whitmire, Spitfire Whitmire, is no <laughs> lemon either. I love that on lock, man. That was beautiful, Jimmy. Yeah. And Spitfire, when she was going when um Pollyanna was going to take her down, uh Emily Spitfire Whitmire. I can't say I can't say <laughs> Whitmire without saying Spitfire.
5: Yeah, of course. In a
3: beautiful reversal, so she got on top. I loved it. I she, um, re- retrieve guard, beautiful arm lock. Be I'm, What's the matter with you?
4: I'm, I love the jujitsu. It's like when fucking when Steve started what going you to the doing? body on DC. Are you you, were are like, you re- ah! Did you write this shit? Did you write, write this shit on the back? Did you write this shit on the back of your palm? What are you doing? Speak
5: I'm, looking looking on my iPad.
4: I'm looking on my iPhone. What do you mean? <laughs> I
3: want to make sure I don't fuck up the name Pollyanna Viana. What,
4: what, about, what about Spitfire Whitmire?
3: <laughs> Spitfire? Emily, listen, when you have a name like Whitmire, you better have a nickname <laughs> like Spitfire. Not a lot else rhymes with that. Oh, okay. But Spitfire was game. <sighs> but Pollyanna, that arm lock from guard, it was like I love jujitsu so much that three, all four fights in a row – I was just like, nyum, 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 nyum. eat it and up, Jimmy. I loved it.
0: Did you, I wouldn't have recognized, by the way, because Sarah's, I, I don't know when he cut his hair. Oh, he did. And but now he's got t- the
4: glow, like the true last dragon. He looks great. He's grimly the uh, charger.
3: I'm sorry, everybody at listening at <laughs> home. Ray Longo <laughs> was asking for a charger. Just to, I, mean, I, we I, take I don't a want break him to, to think that he's talking to the producers. Oh, not- we have to take it's, a break. We have to no, a quick
0: break because I have to pee. Um, and also you guys have, uh, you guys are going to take it the rest of the way because you're going to talk to uh, <laughs> Jimmy's
3: getting the fuck out of here. No, you chased to. Jimmy
0: off his own podcast. No, Marco. I love you guys, but I'm, I have to record something for Sirius XM, which they are UFC knew about. So. And last week, last week he was hanging out with Ozzy
3: Osbourne. He was hanging out with Ozzy last week. Oh, wow. Yeah, um,
0: he's good. He's actually really good. I was with, with him and Sharon and uh, you know, and uh, Jack promoting a uh, documentary. Yeah, All, right, All
3: right, guys. Jimmy, 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 <laughs> Ray's routine is always.
4: Yeah, always. Jimmy. Thank you, buddy.
3: Jimmy, I apologize for Longo because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes he forgets. You know, he goes, he's talking to his wife. He forgets that this. he had to get ain't Ray credit. Fucking, this ain't that fucking podcast you're doing with fucking Kenny Florian. Could you get you? Could you take treat this thing serious? you know
4: <laughs> Yo, Spitfire, slow down.
0: All right, listen, Jimmy. I love you, man. I, I love you guys you on Wednesday. Yep, talk to you in a couple of days, Ray. Thank you, buddy.
4: Yeah, thank
0: you, Jimmy.
3: Have a great time, buddy. Great seeing you. Later, Jimmy. What's up, Dustin Perrier? How are you, buddy? Great, man. How about you? I'm good. You know the uh, the great Ray Longo, don't you?
1: (laughs) Of course, of course. Legendary. (laughs) I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry nice. to disappoint you. <laughs> if you were expecting Jimmy, I know you're a fan of Jimmy, so I just wanted yeah. to. I didn't know if uh, I didn't know if Ray was on a call with you guys, and I was watching live. I, I couldn't hear anything. That's why I was kind of like just answering emails here. I felt it, You know what?
3: It was almost as awkward as at the end of your Dan Hooker fight when you went to say good fight, and he gets up and he puts his forehead on yours. It got for two seconds. It got weird. No, for a split second. But then
0: yeah, it
3: was, was over, it, scared, it might be a, was, like a New Zealand I kinda,
1: thing. I, I was kind of talking shit too, but, but I mean, he had 25 minutes to do something about it, you know?
3: What happened when exactly. you did, you know what, uh, Dustin? I, I literally just
1: watched the fight. What, what did you say to him over there? I thought you were saying like good fight or something, but what did you say to him? I told him good fight. I told him, I, I say talking shit. I'm not, I wasn't bashing the guy. I, I yeah. told him good fight. Uh, I told him to keep working. He's on the right track. You know, he's a tough guy. And I asked him, I said, you're going to, because, a few fights ago, after he beat your your, your guy, he said he was going to – remember, he got on the mic and said, I'm going to smash your face and end your career. Mm. So when I went and talked to him, yeah. I said, hey, good fight. Keep working. I said, you're going to smash my face? That's what I was asking him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love how it. Much, how much is it, do you think, with certain guys that are just trying to play off like almost like the Conor McGregor type thing and just do it to get that next fight? Or how much is it do you think it's really them? I don't know. Dan Hooker, it might really be him. He's that kind of – he's a – gritty
1: new zealander but what do you think Uh, it depends you know i don't know i don't know a lot of these guys personally but exactly what you said a lot of you know these new wave of fighters uh come into the ufc and and treat it like it's a fashion show man whatever they can do to make people talk about whatever they can you know i'm not into that i'm I'm on that same wave i'm kind of riding that wave of the newer guys but i'm still an old school mindset man work hard show up i mean if it's real if it's legitimate uh, between two guys, then then talk, yeah, say what you got to say. But if you're, you know, fabricating and trying to be this guy, it's it's such a turnoff to me. I really dislike it. You're you're a you know you're a real fighter. That's why. But now you you dealt with you dealt
3: with it on the highest level, where you know with some of the greatest fighters, but also one of the greatest shit talkers ever with with, with Conor. And then you had the opposite end of the uh, spectrum. There you have uh, Habib, who's just a gentleman. Which do you prefer prefer? Cuz I'll tell you right now. In personally Chris Lionel's a gentleman and Frank Trigg's an asshole. I loved fighting Frank Trigg cuz he was a guy that was talking shit and I was like, "Oh, I could train to I get paid to smack a guy I can I like that." And I didn't
1: want to fight the nice guy, but, but what do, what do you think about that? Personally, I like to go with the guy um I like to fight guys like Khabib, you know, or even guys like uh Justin Gaethje. You know, he's not talking a whole lot, but me and him both know we both have an understanding that we're going to play demolition derby with our bodies when we get in there. You know, it's just a mutual understanding that we don't have to. And, and I think on matchups like that, certain matchups that don't need that, that build up, um, the fans know it, too. They can fill it in the air. But like like you said, I think Conor McGregor, he, he's not fabricating that. That's really him. He likes to, you know, talk a lot of trash and and do that stuff.
3: But it's strange. Don't you think that like. He's in this. I don't. It's, it's gonna come. I don't want to shit on Connors. I. I'm not. I know what people are gonna probably say I am, but like some of the stuff he's he's done, where he's you know with the dolly and this and that. And I and I'm I'm about forgiveness. I'm not. Yeah, you know, I know he's a young guy, and I was and Longo knows me as a kid. I was a hothead. but then you know these young guys coming up, they 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 they're driving down the street. And they see him on billboards, and they see him on his whiskey company. He's making the most money, the most popular. They're trying to mimic that. So I mean I don't want to I don't want to sound like the old guy being like, is it setting a bad message? But you don't want to want a bunch of wannabes just talking shit. I mean, that'll make this that'll kind of get you worried for like the sport. No, I don't know. Maybe I'm making making more out of it.
1: <laughs> no, nah, you're 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 right, dude. For me, like when these new guys are, are doing that type of stuff, uh, like I said, it's it's a turnoff. I don't really want to follow them that much. Uh, and also, man, it's it's a when they get that slice of humble pie, man, it's they're setting themselves up for it.
4: I love it. That's exactly right. Now, I think one of the things I liked watching you mature as a fighter, too, you seem like you're just in a good spot, like a really good spot with the charity, your girl. You're doing the right things. You're setting the right example. I don't know, man. I'll take that any day over a guy throwing a dolly at a bus. I really will. I don't care. Money's not the end-all, the be-all. I'm sure you're doing great, but the fact that you have all those other things going for you, You'll always be looked up, forever as just a great guy who did the right thing. And I think that's worth more than money. And people probably call me a fucking idiot for that, but that's that's really what I believe. I think you're setting a great example. Even with Khabib, you guys donated that thing after the fight. It's just, I, I'd rather see more of that. And I, the other stuff just doesn't, no interest at all to me.
1: Thank you, man. It Means a lot. Um, just doing my best, man. Doing my best out here to, nah, to, try to, to leave across a great legacy. Great.
4: It's coming across great. It really is, and I think I just think you're at a great spot. You go in and fight. You do your talking with your hands. You know you don't have to talk. Let's you know when, the, like you said, the guy had 25 minutes. That's your right. time. You know who cares about the other shit?
3: And I'll tell you, Dustin, I'm not asking for a favor here, but uh, we've been doing this show for I don't know how many how many years. We never got breaking news. Are you fighting Tony Ferguson?
1: Could you throw me a bone, Thug Jiu
3: Master? Man. Help me.
1: Maybe Please. you guys know, you're on the inside over there. Maybe you know something, yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have a contract yet. You know, I saw Dana talking about it. I know that they want it. I know they want it on the same card as Khabib and Gaethje. Just waiting, just waiting to, to talk to them. Why I would, I mean, listen, it's kind of obvious
3: because you guys are both guys that have super exciting fights with your style, you know, just your style of fighting. But one of the reasons I really, really would love this fight is it's really two guys that truly... I feel enjoy the fight itself. And it kind of reminds me of just what I just saw in your last fight between the fourth and th- uh, fifth round with your coach there going, yeah, yeah, you're having a good time. Oh man, I'm having a blast, you know? And I think that's, that's coming from the heart. You're having a good time and it's, and you know what I mean? It's just, it's not torture for you. You're not dying to get out of there. You're you're living in the moment in there. And the other guy's doing the El Kukui dance after he's getting blasted. I mean, that's, Two guys that enjoy their work. You know what I mean, Longo?
4: No, well, I'll tell you what What I like, Dustin, about this fight. I mean, if you could all get on the same card, I mean, if I'm you, I beat, if I beat Tony Ferguson, and there's a good chance Gaethje wins that fight, you already have a win at Gaethje, you got a line right to what you've been looking for, man, right to the title again. You know what I mean? And I think that's the beauty of putting those four fights together. How they play out is huge in, in where you're going, I think.
1: For sure. It's like, if, if they do it on the same night, it's like a lightweight tournament, you know? Yeah. The first, the first I bracket. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: You know, what's interesting about your fight with Dan Hooker, it was a phenomenal fight, like I said, and uh, it was nominated for, um, it's one of the fighters uh, fights of uh, one of two fights nominated for fight of the year at the world MMA awards. The other one is, uh, is Burgos versus Emmett. But how did it feel? Uh, that's with uh, without a crowd, I should say. Those two fights are without a crowd. How do you feel without a crowd? I mean, do well, you think a crowd would have added to that fight? I mean, a fight, to make Fight of the Year one of the nominations, that you nominated, without a crowd shows you how exciting the fight has to be. Because
1: the crowd's not going crazy. There's no crowd. How did it feel in it without the crowd? Was it a big difference? It, it, was. it was. It was a lot more calm. It was more intimate. It, it felt like a, um, you know, before the, when I was, looking at my cornermen and they were up over the cage and Bruce was doing the introduction. It felt like I was about to spar, you know, this is like, yeah. it was so quiet and, and calm. Um, I loved it. You know, I, I liked it a lot. It is strange. If
3: I felt like that on the ultimate fighter, it, it felt like it's almost like something illegal. It's like, yo man, we're like in a warehouse somewhere. Right. If you don't feel like there's millions of people going to be watching this thing. It's like,
1: right. But for me, I like it. Cause you know, man, fighting's crazy already. It's stressful without you know, just getting going in there and fighting the best guys in the world, there's a lot of pressure, much less guys hanging over the, you know, the, the stands, spilling beer, saying you're going to die, all kind of, you know, <laughs> when you're in the tunnel waiting to come out. Yeah. saying, hey, 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 F you. You're looking up at the guys above you. You're like, man, yeah, get
3: you know, in here. Let me fight. <laughs> you know what's funny about it, Dustin? I remember in the fight, after the second uh, low kick, I, and this is what stands out too, this shows you how calm you are. You hear, but Michael Bisping's like, "Oh man, he better watch those." And you're like,
1: "Listen to Bisping."
3: <laughs> you actually said yeah. that to Hooker during the fight. I thought that was hysterical.
1: Yeah, I can hear Bisping. The you know the commentary desk is right right there. It's not a huge uh, place, so I can hear everybody talking. I can hear his corner, my corner, the commentary, and I heard Bisping say, "He's got yeah, he's got to watch out. He can't do that again." And I was like, "Yeah, listen to this guy, man." It's that's funny great. how it
3: affects people differently. Cause you saw I've talked to Tim Elliott about that. I was BSing with him over in uh, Fight Island at the pool after his last fight. And uh, he was just saying, like when he fought like he fought recently before his last one. And he got a, he was coming off a win. But before that, he you see him between rounds, and that's a due to another guy who looks like he enjoys the fight. He's going, Man, it's too F quiet in here, you know. I clean up my language for Dustin because I feel he's like a, a good kid longo. I try not to
4: I try to say I, th- I think he can. I think he can handle it. I'm not. Well, sure. you know, I'm just
3: saying. Says. You know, I can. I don't want to be a bad influence. You know, doesn't such a role model? Do you know that he got an award from Forest? What is it? The Forest Griffin?
1: You got an award for your community work, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. The Forest Griffin. It's the uh, inaugur- It's the first one. Now, what was that for? Now, exactly. Just uh, my work with the, with my foundation and uh, the things we're doing outside the cage. You know. Oh, man, that's, that's wild, dude. You know who's not going to get the Forrest Griffin Award is fucking Ray
3: Longo.
4: See this? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. you yeah, I'm going I'm I'm to get the Forrest Gump Award. That's what yeah. I'm getting.
1: <laughs> hey, hey I, I wanted to say, going, going back to the crowd thing, a lot of these guys thrive off of that, you know? Um, a, a lot of these guys, that, fuel, that fuels them. And I think it's going to help some guys who, who, like me, the fight fuels me. I think you can focus more on that. There's less of distraction. Um, but it's going to be interesting, man, to see how, how it continues to play out.
4: Yeah, Dustin, what I liked when I was down there was that, you know, a lot of these guys, they bring family and friends and they get distracted. I love that we were just isolated. I mean, I didn't like being quarantined in a room. But for those guys, there was no distraction. You got the – those last couple of days, you go over the game plan, you could really focus in. I thought it was – phenomenal for that. Yeah, because normally you got to go out to dinner, you got friends who's worried about tickets. You eliminate all of that shit, man. And I think it was really good for the fighters just dedicated them and the team, the coaches. That's it. Nobody's getting in, nobody's getting out. You know what you have to do. I thought it
1: was exactly. great. Yeah, there was no uh, you know, on big fights like that on main events, fight week you have to wake up early, go to a radio station, wake up early, maybe go to the TV station, do all this stuff, all this media. There was nothing. There was a media day where I sat in front of a computer answered a few questions, and that's it. It was just all about the fight.
4: I thought it was way less distractions. I thought for the fighters, they have to love that. I know as a coach, I did, because I didn't have to deal with any bullshit except what we were there to do.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I I like it a lot.
4: It's
3: it's different, too, like, for cornering guys, Longo. I felt that also. They get you in. And they get you out. They bring your bags with you. You never go back to the locker room. It's so strange, you know. Another thing that stood out, Dustin, in your fight with Dan Hooker and several of your fights, but that, when your last one in particular, is your ability to recover, like freaking Wolverine, man. Like there was the, I don't know if it was after the second or third, but it ended with a, a decent combo with Hooker. And you acknowledged it. You kind of like shook your head at it. You went back to the round. And man, you
1: you it, you you no, you you were actually in the corner already. You were waiting for the stool, and you look weathered. You look weathered. I was hurt. Yeah, he hurt me. I was I was uh, you know, good thing there wasn't another thirty seconds. I, I was I was uh, it's very honest. of it a little bit. Yeah. yeah, but I'll tell
3: you the I mean I was so impressed because then then you came back. I mean that minute rest have you always been blessed with the cardio? Is that what, what are you doing? Are you running Hills? What are you doing exactly? Cause with that minute rest, you came back and you know, it's almost like just the reset button you're back. And it's like it never happened, which was, you can't say that for a lot of fighters. A lot of guys are almost done at the end of the round. And then the next round they just are done. <laughs> you know what I mean? I,
1: I think for sure. I have a, um, you know, I, I was genetically, I might've been, you know, blessed with a few gifts With that uh, you know, cardio, even out of shape, my cardio is decent uh, compared to a lot of guys. And uh, I think a a lot of that is mindset too, man. Like knowing there's three more rounds, knowing this isn't the, you know, pulling myself back out of that sitting on the stool and knowing that that I have a fresh slate this next round. Um, You know, a lot of guys will beat themselves mentally there. Go and sit on the stool and say, oh, this fight's going downhill for me or what. It's it's tough to pull yourself out of that slump, but each round is a new round. And as far as a mindset, that goes for the leg kicks too,
3: man. Is that just toughness? Do you have a hell of a poker face? That fight started with you eating at least four leg kicks, and they were nasty. And and uh, I'll tell you, man. And you've done. And again, it's not like you haven't got, gotten kicked before with your fight with Gaethje and whatnot. And. You know, then I believe it was the Gaethje one where you're actually getting helped out of the cage. I might be, I, I believe that's the fight. But you know, don't while my, you're I in the fight. My
1: quad in that one, yeah.
3: Oh, that's what it was. But while you're in the fight, you're not, you've got a hell of a poker face or else, or just a very high um, pain threshold.
1: Oh, uh, what,
3: man, that hurt. What is it? It fucking hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I got to hold it together, man. I can't show this guy, you know, that I'm hurt. That <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you but a lot of guys, but that's a lot, listen, a lot of guys could say that. But then they get kicked in it, and they're like, ah, fuck. They're switching stances. They're, they're, I mean, listen, you've seen it. You've seen guys' oh, yeah. legs getting taken out.
1: Right. And, and th- who kicks shin on shin? This guy was – he wasn't kicking my calf or my thigh or my – you know, he's kicking shin on shin, bone to bone, like a maniac. Uh, that, that hurt, dude. It hurt me for a while. I had to do a little bit of physical therapy after the fight. But all, all, speaking of poker face, also, um, hookers boxing, his body work was pretty good, man. Against the fence – he hurt me to the body with a good left hook, dude, and I had to, you know, I couldn't show my hand again That right there. There was
3: so many times in that fight that you would land the combination, and I'm like, oh, that's good. And also of a sudden he'd fight, you'd both come back with another equally as impressive combination. Yeah. I'm like, there was such a back and forth in that fight. No, that's,
4: that, that, yeah, that's why that fight's going to win fight of the year. That's why. That's what makes a fight of the year. When you think one guy's going down and he comes back and it's going back and forth, it was, for the fans, they couldn't ask for anything more. It was a freaking tremendous fight for both guys.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I was down, you know, the first two, I was down two rounds. Um, we were both bleeding, and I had to pull it back together, man. Yeah, it's tough, man.
3: Well, listen, the rumor is, the rumor, the rumor is that, you know, Dana was saying something about, you know, possibly October 24th. At UFC 254.
1: That's also an insurance policy for the main event. If one yes. of the guys falls out, one of the guys misses weight, you know, wow. I ever went up to Gaethje, I would fill in there. If Gaethje goes out, we've always wanted to see Tony versus Khabib. He might fill in there. So it's, it's yeah, a, a really- that's
4: another great point. Well, let's, yeah. let's back into this. Are you ready to go on October 24th? You're ready.
1: So when the rumbling started talk they started talking about it, I booked the flight. I'm in Florida right now. I just got done wrestling practice a couple hours ago. I came to Coconut Creek. We're eight weeks out um, this week. So nice. better, better safe than sorry. Dana knows my number. If we get this fight made, I'm already here training. If not, I fly back to Louisiana. We'll see what happens.
4: And how's, how's Mike Brown doing? I know he had COVID. I know I, I tweeted something at him where somebody said he was doing good. He's doing great or
1: he's great. He had no symptoms. He, he was supposed to go out and corner Masvidal. And you know, the whole, um, quarantine process they're doing on the long before they take the flight to Abu Dhabi. He, he failed the test there. And, uh, you know, he, he drove himself back to Florida, a 40 some hour drive, got to Florida, and, and took two more tests, and both were negative.
4: Unbelievable.
1: Then he went, check he, he got blood work done to check for antibodies, and he, he was negative for the antibodies as well. So I, I don't know what's going on.
4: I'll tell you, with some of my regards, I think one of the most underrated, nicest guys in the game who stays by himself. You don't hear a lot about him, but again, a great guy. I always look forward to seeing him and saying hello. Just a sweetheart, man.
3: Mike Brown best. and a so, former phenomenal a fighter, former champion.
4: Yeah. I think that even goes overlooked how good he was as a fighter.
1: Yeah. Cause yeah, he's 100%. the opposite. The opposite. And a student, man. Yeah, he's, he, he, he's always breaking guys down, watching new things. Uh, you know, he's just a, a really good guy a coach. He has the mind. He was a former champion. So he has the mindset. He knows how to compete. He knows the feelings and, and the, the things that happen during camp and and things like that he, he's just great insight um for the whole the whole game yeah and, no, he, yeah. and he's
3: my height i really like it <laughs> listen all right dustin dude thanks for hanging out with us man we, you know we always love watching you fight dude you never disappoint and i'm excited for your next fight and i really do hope it's tony ferguson
1: thank you guys so much yeah if we can get that made dude it's gonna be a big one oh, awesome sure. man hey
4: best of luck with everything and say hello to everybody for me
1: I will. Thank you, guys.
3: So we talked about. I really enjoyed uh, Mallory Martin her her fight. She was so emotional. I want to get her on here because she was talking. It seems like there was a lot going on there. She seems like she's been through a bunch and and she that was you know you really get happy for somebody, especially after such a tough fight where Hannah Ciphers landed that beautiful right hand and dropped her, and she was literally looked like the puncher looked like she was a puncher way of ending it. And the ref was about to jump in. It just had that that feeling of all oh, this is about to be over. And then to come back, listen to her corner her corner man and you know, execute the game plan the way she did and get that fight down and, and finish with that rear naked choke. before I mean the second it was done, she was screaming and then literally crying. So I thought that was a great moment.
4: And you know what I like with the UFC man, like people don't get every fight is a big fight. Oh, yeah. Every win you get in the UFC, yeah. it, it's to me, it's almost like a championship. You know, yeah, and especially when you're oh, watching the young guys come yeah. up and you know, even saying like we got bazooka, this is a huge fight yeah. coming up oh. on the contender. But oh, it's 100%. really uh yeah, every fight is big, man, because you could, you know.
3: <laughs> yeah, is yeah, gonna shine. I can't wait for Tuesday night uh, yeah. for tomorrow night. Jeez. Wow, well, we're right there, you know. Uh Sean Brady, who's Daniel Grayson? I'll tell you what, man. I'm happy guy, for him. What a beast you know and uh, and because Christian Aguilera you know he's no lemon and he was he was game you know but uh you've got to be impressed with that with that um that that uh guillotine what a beast. I,
4: mean, I, I got to tell you I was impressed with everything he did
3: yeah and you yeah, know it
4: and great. Felder it couldn't talk nicer about him he yeah. said he's worked with him so
3: oh yeah he said he was phenomenal and he said he's a real humble guy
4: yeah he looks like he's got a great Future in front of him, man. Yeah, I was yeah that cool, was. I'm impressed with every aspect of his game.
5: He
3: looked great. Yeah, standing up everywhere looked phenomenal. Oh, Daniel Gracie's a, a one of his jiu-jitsu coach, and I know Daniel since I was 23 years old, I'm 46 Damn. now, so I met him. And I'll tell you this about Daniel Gracie: this is how you know somebody you, when you first meet them, not when you're a UFC Hall of Famer. How they treat you because everybody's treating me, of course. Yes, you know, they yes. treat me. Like, they treat me in VR with respect. You understand? <laughs> Long ago, I'm ranked, not, I was ranked number five last night in the world. Number six what? now, maybe. It went back. In, in my stand-up battle real, real my re- virtual reality. Really? My virtual reality. I'm ranked number five in the world. Is that, is that, uh, is that are you proud of me, or is that pathetic? Well,
4: no, that's <laughs> pretty
3: pathetic. <It's laughs> that's Let's change this. No, you're not going to ruin my good time. I don't want to talk about it.
4: No, what? at what age do you think you'll stop that? Serious. There's other people you, my age on that like, when know. you when you hit like 35. Oh wait a minute, you're 46. I get. no, no, that it's that, not well, listening
3: to me. I'm not. You're not going to ruin my good time, okay? It, you know. But anyway, i have
4: such a good time. I'm I'm trying, speaking I'm, from a. I'm speaking from a good spot in my heart. I want to help you. I don't. I don't. <laughs> don't what do like, you want me to do?
3: What if I went um, out and I played poker with the guys? Is that more manly? Probably, uh, but it doesn't. <laughs> Ah, you're fucking crazy Longo. Let's get back to some fights, okay? Uh to the main card. I am I'm sure you wouldn't me where you feel happy for Ricardo Lamos all right? Beating uh, defeated a very tough Bill Algerio and uh you know, the way that fight ended that last round, I really at a jiu-jitsu standpoint, I loved how he had the back control and he was really threatening. How he had like almost like a a rear naked choked um he was almost threatening it in his armpit, but it was really him just following up to threaten from taking the back from back control to threatening to mount with an head and arm choke. And he was had oh man, it was I don't know if people really seen what he was doing there, but when he had the back instead of going for their traditional rear naked, he was pretty much just inviting that guy to try to get out, and he was going to follow him up into a tight head and arm choke. So it was uh, I really enjoyed that, and that that control on the floor with that that last round was just beautiful.
4: Well, let me tell you, he had to dig down because I tell you, Algio. You know, he's from the local circuit. He was a ring of combat champ. Uh, he fought Gonzalez. He's he's really good, but he oh, really, yeah, that's right. you know, he had that. He was the guy on the uh, contender series that fought that kid. Who was, I think, the other kid was winning, and he went for the takedown, and Dana went nuts on him. He never signed him, but Algio really made the best of it, This opportunity against a freaking, you know, title contender man. So Algio looked great. Uh, Lamas had to really dig deep And I think uh, made him think about Retirement, which I think he might have did I mean, he took some damage in that fight You know, he took that knee And uh, Algeo, Algeo brought it, man Hats off to him
3: No, listen, great fight You know, I'm, I'm happy I'm happy that, you know, we were in that locker room With uh, Lamos and his camp When, when he, uh, he got his jaw busted By Calvin Cater, do you remember that?
4: He looked, and I'll tell you, he looked phenomenal warming up in that he did. dressing room. He looked really great. He looked yeah. phenomenal.
3: And we we spoke already a lot. Well, listen. Well, congrats to him. Hey, both guys. Uh, Bill Ojirio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, your stock don't go down, kid. You're still. No, without
4: down. a doubt. Who's 100%. not going to want to look forward to
3: seeing that kid fight again? Nah,
4: you know? he's definitely he's the there tall to stay. order fighting a guy with that much
3: experience. But uh, he was right in that fight. So great fight. And like, uh, you know, I want to see what's next with Bill Ojirio. And why did Ricardo Lama say save his redoiling?
4: Uh, he was talking about it, but he made it. Uh, I thought he made it pretty clear that he's definitely thinking about it. I thought he actually did say he was. That's what I inferred. Well,
3: we'll find out for sure. And if it is, we'll give him a proper,
4: you know, goodbye
3: respect. Maybe get him on here because, you know, he has a pretty good Robert De Niro impersonation. Did you know that?
4: No, I didn't know that. He does. Does it match, does it match Kenny Florian's Al Pacino? That's all I want to know. No. Nah, that was, that. That no, that was Ken- that was still good. I will tell that you right now. Still good,
3: Kenny Florian when he did that scene with uh, fucking L'aranja. LaRanja, LaRanja, LaRanja. What's what he yeah. what's his whole name? Just Hinata LaRanja, right? Yeah. They did that scene where, out of Heat, the diner scene when he's he playing Bobby De Niro. Yeah, Bobby De Niro, like I know him the motherfucker, <laughs> Robert De Niro, <laughs> and, fucking, <laughs> and uh, Kenny's playing Al Pacino, and oh my god. That was such a great scene. Can you tell well, Kenny to send me that? Well, so I want to see that again. Yeah,
4: we'll get that. All
3: right, let's get back to the fights. Uh, we talked about Alexa Alexa, Alexa Gross, Grosso and how great she did. You know, it was great talking to her. She's such a nice girl. But Neil Magny, come on, man. I, I predicted him by decision, not to toot my own toot, but I'm really, uh, you know, he really knows how to put it together, dude. He, he, he's very rangy. When it's time to... Blend in the takedowns. He's got those long arms. He gets under the butt. He puts you down. He's got very good jujitsu, And I'll tell you, I'm going to say he's never looked better. He looked – I mean, Robbie Lawler's no easy fight, you know, and uh, he's not an easy fight for anybody.
4: No, so definitely he was, not. And I
3: think the he, he came out unscathed.
4: Yeah, look, and I think it's a big uh, – you know, not that he needed the confidence because I think Magny's really talented, but he beat a guy who beat a lot of other good guys. So I think Magny's uh, – Got a great fight IQ. I think he proved it. he switched gears in that fight. And uh, basically, and he even, you know, Robbie looked like he was, you know, wasn't pulling the trigger a lot. Man. And then Magny took advantage of it, man. I thought he did a great job in that fight.
3: Yeah, I mean, I believe with the way Magny was adding in the implementing the clinch and the takedowns and threatening with that. Get you a little gun shy. It That's another you a little, good
4: point, man. It was good you know, to see the tie clinch again. He, he yes. wanted a few. Yeah, he was kneeing the crap out of him. He had a great, great tie clinch. And you don't see that a lot anymore. I thought that was great. He went back to back to basics, man. It was awesome.
3: If you had to check off all the boxes in that fight, striking, it was on point. The wrestling, the jujitsu, even the Ty clinch. I mean, he was doing, he was good in all the ranges. He was, he, he put it together. Excellent. Yeah, for I don't think a yeah, very yeah. powerful,
4: you Went know, former champion. Yeah. It's not, it's not even doing that in a fight. It's doing that in a fight against Robbie Lawler. That's, that's the, the biggest thing. You know thing. what I mean? Yes.
3: So. No, that, that That's big. No. So listen, I'm, and you know, he, and again, his work ethic and he's, he's another one of those, you know, nice guys. So it's like, he fights so great, but he's a super nice guy. So that might not, you know, get, you know, guys might, you know, might be flying under the radar a little bit. But anytime you watch Neil Magny, he's always growing. And I'm just, you know, I'm happy for him. It was a great fight, you know. To the main event. I'll tell you, this kid, uh, the future's bright for Alexander Roczik. I mean, he's just dangerous, man. And he's very confident, man. He was on here uh, just the uh, The week of the fight, the is just before the Monday of the week uh, of the fight, and he was just so. It's you see a, a guy that's not just going through emotion, the emotions. He's definitely like saying, you know, oh, he thinks I'm a one trick pony. Wait till he sees the the wrestling I've been doing this, and and he's very amped up about the fight itself, about his abilities, about how many kickboxing matches he's had, and and uh, dude, all the I don't know. He just. He just seems like a beast, you know. I think it was yeah. a little anticlimactic, And I know this is what you were talking about earlier, where you thought he was maybe kind of playing to win. Or else Jimmy might have been yeah. saying
4: that. Which, well, which you, no, no, that was me. Yeah. I was saying that.
3: Which, which, you know, he knew he was winning. Yeah. The 10 seconds left, he gets up, and he's kind of celebrating really early. It, he thinks it's it, – he might have thought that – that looked better than it was. It, yeah, kind, right. of, it kind of made it anticlimactic. Yeah.
4: like all right. I'm, here's, here's my point. I think this will sum it up better. And I think the guy obviously did a great job. Against yes, a, he's a, a young really kid tough too. Guy. I believe he's But young. if that was a fight on the Contender Series, I say Dana doesn't pick him.
3: Oh, that's because of
4: that. You know, that's the way I'm looking at. I, now that I, doesn't mean anything, but I he think always... he could have stood up and made a statement. But you're saying he made the statement by saying, "Look, I could come, I could be down here in your world also, and I'm not a one-trick pony." So. You know, either way, it's good. It was a great win against a, a great opponent. And, you know, look, the other guys that are fighting Reyes and uh, uh, Jan, and I'm not even going with that, but, you John. know, that, that main event, yeah, Blachovic, you know, that that those guys both match up great with this guy. You know what I mean? This guy should be licking his chops too. They're all like strikers yeah. for the most part, and I think that's great. You know what I mean? I think that's a big thing for him. He's got to be looking at that. Like, he could easily take the winner of that fight, and I don't know what will happen.
3: What do you think about Anthony? Anthony who? Lion Hizzle.
4: Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, I think just when you take those leg kicks, you got to get into boxing range and try to stay there. And uh, That's what I was
3: talking about with with Dustin, you know? And again, people kick differently and harder and whatever else, but
4: some guys' pain pain threshold is crazy because those calf kicks – you know what the problem with the calf kicks is? If you get like a – that nerve gets tweaked. It's like what happened to Chandler, right? I don't know if they call it a step off or whatever they call it, but he, you can't even walk. It doesn't matter how tough you are. Dude, Chandler, was, Chandler was bouncing around on one leg. He didn't even give a shit about the pain, but you still couldn't walk.
3: Yeah. You know? I'll tell you. I and I think happy. that's
4: what happened to all Mally too. Same yeah. thing.
3: How do you no know, longer listen, not to get controversial, but sometimes we like to go there. What do you, what do you, how do you think the way this kid is handling this loss? Do you think it's a mistake, or you think he's doubling down on that he's the greatest and that, that he's destined? For, I mean, some of the stuff he's saying is downright rude, but is it just so he doesn't look. He's saying he's still. Do you hear some of the stuff that Sean O'Malley's saying since the loss? I mean, and again, I listen, I'm not. I'm, I was young once too. I get it, but you don't want to change the championship, champion mindset, but you got to kind of recognize that you lost the fight. No, I mean, he's saying he still feels undefeated.
4: Yeah, he that look. He's seen, he seems like a, he seems like a great guy. I would just, you know, it goes back to that I would learn from it and move on. You know, one win or loss isn't going to make a champion, and he's holding to something that he, you know, I, I don't know if that's really him because he seems like a really really nice nice kid. guy when you run into him. So, yeah. but I don't. So, but when you I hear him, when you,
3: yeah, you hear him, whoever's say, leading
4: him, who's whoever's yeah. leading them in that direction, look, it's going to cater to maybe certain people. I think it's a mistake. But, uh, yeah. if he can back it up in his next couple of fights, you know, it'll be all right.
3: Well, I mean, I like to see, you know, I like watching the kid fight, you know, but if the to spend yeah. a little time with Chido Vera and you know, the way he came into that yeah. fight. And, but just to be dis- so disrespectful after the fight, I mean, the guy did go and face you. He's kind of being like, Oh, that guy jumped up. Like he really beat me. But I mean, dude, the guy did put uh, your eyes to the back of your head when he punched you in the guard and, like you oh, know what yeah, I, mean? I mean? Like he, he does, did
4: nothing, did nothing from the guard for sure. And I don't yeah. I would think yeah, his place like didn't have was, a big big thing to do with that, you know. Man. So no, che- Cheeto's tough as shit. That's the other thing. It wasn't like a guy that isn't proven. Cheeto's tough, man. Yeah. So for him but to I say mean, that but is, this, but also just,
3: yeah, to say long that in five years, like you know, he could be cha- he'll be champ and the other guy will be like a journeyman. That's kind of rough, though. I don't know. I get like listen, man. It's one thing if the guy was a prick, but the guy Cheeto is not a prick. So you kind of – you're setting right. yourself – you know, you're setting – I don't know. Yeah. I know he's a young well, kid. Like, I just like want the Justin people said. around him – if that yeah. was me, Longo, and you were my trainer, well, look, I don't know, yeah. maybe you'd kind of get a hold of me you now and be like hey, – Yeah,
4: me. I wouldn't. I, I, You know, that was never my style with that shit, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, even all the, the stuff you did selling fights was with good humor you always were great with the guys. You look how close you and George are. You and Dean are close now. It's a totally yeah, different me thing. Me and Matt Hughes. You know, yeah. <laughs> Except him. <laughs> <laughs> this guy still some, like me. some, you know, some uh, bridges can never be rebuilt. What can hey, I listen. Say?
3: Anyway, water under the bridge here. Uh Longo, I had fun. I can't wait to see what's next with Alex Alexander Rachik. I think he uh I think he was just I think he lived up to what he was doing. He might hear the criticism of the guys saying that, all right, he didn't go to really put a stamp on it. And I'm sure he's going to hear that. And he has the ability to make those corrections. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He what had I the ability said, to back out. He had gonna, the ability yeah, to finish yeah, exactly. with just a hard yeah, yeah, yeah. ground to pound instead of walking off. So I think he's, you know, he's young enough to learn from this. And I'm telling you, man, it's funny. Cause the guy had some fights, but it feels like these guys just spring up and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this guy's Dude, on the that scene. Was,
4: that was a big name for him. That yes. was a huge name. And I'm saying that played into it. You know yeah. what I mean? Where, for whatever reason, it changed something. But well, he you, still had a great fight. You can't take nothing away from him. It was a great fight against a great opponent.
3: And, he, he feel, and it's funny. because When I was talking to him, I'm like, you know, your last fight with Volkan, you know, people, a lot of people thought, you know, it, it should have went to you. And he goes, oh, no, I won that fight. He was. I won it. He was. I didn't lose that fight. There's no way. I don't feel like I'm coming off a loss. Now his his mindset is very, he you know he's very he's very confident and rightfully so. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But I, I liked hearing that. He wasn't like, oh, thank you. You know. He's like, no, no, I won that. He didn't beat me. <laughs> no way. So with a guy with that kind of confidence, and now with uh, Jones walking away, it's exciting. It's exciting for the yeah, team, yeah. You know. But all right, dude. What's the rest of your day like?
4: Uh, I gotta go watch some sparring now, and then I'm uh, I got the Anic and Florian podcast at six. Oh, podcast. Everybody listening, yeah, bug it, it of That's doing great. It's killing it. What is it called again? <laughs> what Anik, I was talking, Anik Florian podcast. Anic and, and there's the Ray
3: Longo minute. Yeah, exactly. which Sometimes stretches to thirty five minutes. Is that correct? Yeah,
4: and this might be one of those days. Oh,
3: good. Well, I'm gonna listen.
4: Yeah.
3: and Longo listen. I know you're proud of me for the stuff I achieve. I don't want to bring up the Hall of Fame and be the former champion. And now, once you think I'm done achieving, I get ranked number five in the world at Standout Battle Royale, my VR system. I just want to say that you you transfer over not only to martial arts, but also to me winning in other areas of life, just in my VR as well.
4: Yeah, somehow I'm going to leave that off your resume.
3: I will talk to you later.
4: Take it easy. Later, buddy.